perhaps you will consider this. A ship's crew staring out at the dead calm. A first mate set on spilling sailor's blood. A feeling of dread rising with a pitiless sun. Ça, c'est journal personnel Daniel Bookman. I departed my home in Haiti after fighting in the Battle of Sabana Laga, when most of my family had been killed by this unholy war, I left to find peace and a new life. With much hope, I boarded an American ship, and after some time, found myself in the port of New Bedford. But just as in Haiti, one half of the country here fights the other half. Where there is war, the life of a black man means little more than that of the lowest beast. As I was now a sailor with much confidence, I set about finding a ship of honest men on which the labor of my own hands would suffice to make me a competence. So I boarded this whaling ship, the Olivia Barrington, on May 22, 1862. Untie those caskets. Here at sea, the work is very hard, and no sailor calls me friend. The first mate has little but hate in his soul, and I felt the bite of his nine thick ropes against my back more than once. Still, I survive. My knowledge of healing serves to strengthen me for this hard passage. Now, some days have passed with calm seas and no wind. But no crewman is gone. We all feel the worst when the first mate called out this morning. All hands on the board. Move it along. Your captain waits. The captain's mood was dark as he spoke. Time has come, men, to address the situation in which we now find ourselves and determine a suitable course of action. Whatever we find, the solution will bring hardships, but I've no doubt these will be borne with the steadfast determination I have come to expect of you. I can say with some pride that never have I sailed with a finer crew of hard-working tars than yourselves. Excepting the occasional bilge rat. As you say, Mr. Graves, as I stand here, I know what is in the mind of each of you. When shall we again feel the wind and fill away upon our course? Perhaps the thought has occurred to you that there are no doldrums in northern waters. This windless state is unprecedented in my experience. Strange it is, men. But rather than sit and broil in the sun, we shall take action 
And when the wind is fair, we'll again run along under whole topsails. Aye, Captain. It was brought to my attention some time before dawn by the sailors standing watch that an unexplained sound could be heard coming from beneath the sea. I gazed off port and within a minute saw a red glow, not more than fifty fathoms down. As I speak, two divers prepare to investigate further. Perhaps it holds the key to this windless sea. We'll know soon enough. Settle yourselves. Until the wind picks up, water will be rationed, and repast will be limited to one rind of salt pork. Now, back to your duties. Use your wits, sailors. It's a deep dive, and I don't desire to lose any hands today. Aye, Captain. And Tunis and I have scores of dives between us, sir. We'll fare well enough. Dr. Winnicom will remain, should you need attention upon your return. Take no risks, sailors, and go with God. I'm recording. In case we get anything we can use. I don't know where you find the time to go through all this tape. To be honest, I look forward to it. <sighs> Sometimes there's something I didn't notice while recording. But I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a little arduous now and then. Well, hopefully we get some good audio for you today. Why don't you give us a quick summary of what you told me last night? Okay, well, if the stones below the lake really are anything like what we came to know as the Motherlode Stone in Mudstoggin, it's really not safe to retrieve a sample. What we observed in the lab and in the field was that the sound the rocks make have a debilitating effect on humans. The younger, the more profound the effect. There was a young man working with me at the marsh who had a serious reaction to the sound. It seemed to cause completely unpredictable, sometimes violent actions. For myself and most of the other adults, the effect was usually just a loss of consciousness. But you can see why I hesitate to bring a sample back up to the surface. As our audience knows, I heard something very similar while filming Vital Impulse. I didn't know at the time that it was coming from fragments of a meteorite. The impact at Mudscoggin Marsh has been dated to the early part of this century, but I suspect that could be off by uh, 50 or 60 years. But where our research led is just not likely to be taken seriously in official circles. My hope is that your audience has enough of an open mind to hear what I'm about to say. 
Multiple witnesses in Mudskoggin conferred and agreed that the motherlode stone present there contained a consciousness. It literally spoke to each of us. It had a different message for everyone it addressed, but always referred to itself as Uncle Pate. We also found evidence that the sounds from that particular stone somehow caused physical mutations in a young girl named Judy Caterbeck. Your audience might remember hearing her name in the news last November. Then there was the spontaneous appearance of a cult that chanted in an unknown language, not unlike your experience on the film set, Amanda. The cult carried pieces of the rock with them everywhere. There's a lot more, but I believe this was all caused by these stones. None of this set off alarms with any of the usual governmental institutions that would normally look into this sort of thing? The only media attention I found reported it as criminal behavior by isolated individuals. The story was somehow squashed before it got out of Mudscoggin. Well, this looks like as good a place as any to land. Willow Island. So, uh, we're looking for a cabin? For now, we want to avoid direct contact with anyone and just get a sense of what goes on out here. I got it. Is that a statue up on the hill? Let's go have a look. The stone is really worn down. I can I can barely read it. In memory of Captain Eberhard Paterson, husband and father, he lit the towns and his spirit lights the righteous path to our Lord. Fascinating. He lit the towns has to be a reference to whale oil, which was used in lamps. So he must have been a whaler. 1871. Looks like an intrepid old salt. But why put a memorial here, a hundred miles from the sea? Look at the stone. Those red striations. It's glowing. Connor? Uh, um, yeah. I think we... How long have we been walking? Uh, 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 a few minutes? Why is the sun already so low? Uh, it, it's 5.15. How, have we been wandering for all that time? Who is that? Up on the ridge? I, I don't see anyone. Where? Over past those pines. See? I saw him earlier. I think... Where did he go? Amanda, we'd better get back to the boat. Something's wrong here. I feel... strange. Here, this way. What? It's already nighttime. How did I... get here? I don't know. Look at that. Do you see that glow? Under the surface? The rocks. They're all around the perimeter of the island. 
Private Diary, Dr. L.B. Winnicombe, May 7th, 1864. Finally, I had a chance to show my worth to the captain and crew today. As there is no law requiring a whaling vessel to carry a ship's doctor, I serve at the indulgence of Captain Paterson. Was it my imagination that the captain sensed a hint of desperation about me when I inquired about the position? I don't dare ask him with such stakes. Revealing my situation would almost certainly change the disposition of the crew toward me, with dire consequences. I cannot chance it. So, today, when the divers returned needing immediate medical attention, I eagerly attended to them. At the very least, I might make allies of these two, whose survival may very well depend on me. Port! Our divers! They're in distress! Aye. Mummy, I'm Lower a rope! Let's get them below. One of them was barely conscious, while the other, the Portuguese sailor named Antunis, was gravely ill. It was unclear what could have caused them to lose their breath so soon. Neither had a mark on him. I expelled the water from their lungs and waited. Having no medical station on the ship, I was compelled to bring them to my quarters to recover. If you want to help, you can keep an eye on this one while I tend to the other. Yes, Doctor. Ah, my friend. You came to my aid once before, and it earned you a flogging. <coughs> and yet you endeavor to help me again. You would have me return above deck to labor on useless tasks in the hot sun. Do not sit. Well, you know, six days shalt thou labor, and do all thou art able. <laughs> and on the seventh, holy stone the decks, and scrape the cable. <coughs> what is your name, friend? Daniel, you can call me Bookman. Bookman. You can call me Thomas. Thomas. What happened to you down there? As we got close, the sound, it was... It was too much. We had to turn back. You had better sleep. This doctor is smart. But he does not know what I know. The other sailor died on my couch ere the night came. And so, my efforts to help crewman Unthank took on a greater urgency. I returned to his side to find the West Indian sailor had left him sleeping. His contortions had stopped and his breath came evenly. So I proceeded to change out of my constricting day clothes in the corner of my room. Just then, I heard a sound and noticed that the door had been left partially open. A shadow quickly withdrew into the hallway. For how long were they watching? I must be more careful about such things. A small slip like this could expose me to villainous treatment from the crew.
Thanks for listening to Season 2, Episode 4 of Under Dead Water. Our cast this week was Aaron Lillis, Emmanuel Elpenord, Bonnie Bogovich, Graham Rowett, Ty Anderson, David Steele, Brandon Duke, Clayton Romero, Amanda Goodman, Mike Hall, and Chris Burke. Music is by Glomag. Sound design is by Clayton Romero and Chris Burke. We're uploading episodes every other Wednesday with our Twitch stream on the in-between Wednesdays. This is where we talk about all things Mandible Judy with the cast, crew, and guests. You can view it at twitch.tv slash mandiblejudy or hear it on our Discord. See the show notes for details. We'd like to take this moment to ask that you please consider supporting the show on Patreon. For as little as $1 per episode, you will be eligible for some cool rewards. Go to patreon.com slash mandibledjudy for details and help us keep the story going. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and the show is available on iTunes and all major streaming platforms. See you in two weeks. Bye.